Hey, do you need a UK representative, a Swiss representative or a European authorized representative for your medical device industry? Okay, so you can contact now Easy Medical Device at info at easymedicaldevice.com info info at easymedicaldevice.com and we'll help you for that. So talk to you soon. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. I am Munir Alazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standards today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. Here is Munir Lazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com and today we'll do the December update. So let's go through the topics. So first we'll talk about Udamed. So there was this uh, implementing regulation that was issued the 2021-2078 uh, where we can see there inside uh, how, what are the mode of access of the UDAMED database, uh, the registration process, the authorization also to get access to other people to the database for you, uh, the personal data, um, also the malfunction, the functional, uh, role, functioning, uh, rules, if I can say, for the, for the process. So everything is written inside, uh, mainly explaining that here is how normally everything should be functioning. And at the same time, uh, the EU Commission also created a lot of infographics. So infographics related to um, the UDI, devi uh, UDI uh, device guidance, the uh, categorization of devices, the registration of processes. So there are great uh, infographics to explain to you a bit of uh, the different terms, the vocabulary and how the process are done. For example, for the registration process, they talk about the first step, which is the basic UDIDI identification, then the basic UDIDI information, then the certificate uh, information if you have a C certificate, then the UDIDI information and the container packaging information. Then you submit your information. If it's self-certified, sorry, it goes directly uh, to the process. If it's uh, if it needs a notified body, if it's a high-risk product and need a notified body, then it has to go through the notified body so that they can, uh, the notified body can approve it. So they are explaining everything inside this infographic and I think it's really a, a great document that you can look at. Um, what is also available, and I will put that also on the show notes with all the other links, um, is uh, the Udamed Playground. So mainly this is a Udamed uh, test a version. It's mainly what is also mentioning on the implementing uh, regulation that they should put in place a UDAMED uh, kind of playground test uh, test environment. Uh, so I looked at it. Um, the problem is that I was trying to make it work uh, for the UDI uh, device registration because I already have registered uh, some companies in terms of the actual registration. So I wanted to make the test about uh, UDI device registration. And I, I was not able to do that because I didn't find anywhere to do that. But I will place the link on the show notes. So go through that. And if you want to make some tests and verify yourself how it is working, then go there. And if you find maybe a trick on how this is working, don't hesitate to share that with me. I will be really happy to hear from, from, from you. Next, so we have this IVDR expert panel that was already created. And now we have the first IVDR expert panel uh, report where they were evaluating a product. So the, the product is... Uh, uh, 
hepatitis E virus, um, so a test to screen donor sample. So they are uh, reviewing this uh, product, they are making an evaluation. You remember we have made the same for MDR, there was also the first evaluation made by uh, under MDR, uh, and they have made the, the evaluation. Last time it was not really a good, a good uh, report, if I can say the, the result was not uh, excellent. This one was a full recommendation. There was no issue at all from them. So um, I think it's interesting for IVDR companies to go and look at those kind of uh, products. So this is following the MDCG 2021-22. So you can see there exactly what they are expecting. So this is following this rule and you can see what are the topics that they are talking about, how they are doing the assessment, what is the result for it, what are maybe some points to discuss. Um, I think can be interesting for you if you are class D so that you can really understand uh, how your product will be assessed by this kind of, uh, of uh, expert panel. So the, um, the report is on the show notes and I placed also the link for the uh, MDCG guidance so that you can uh, go and look at it. Then the EU Commission is uh, looking for your feedback on the draft uh, regulation, draft implementing regulation on the uh, EURL, so EU reference laboratories for uh, IVDR. So many this regulation is many talking about prices, about the fees, uh, about the structure of the fees, the level of the fees, and also the rules for the fees calculation. So um, if you are involved on that, or if you need a EU uh, reference, uh, a reference laboratory, then maybe just to understand how are those fee structures uh, made can help you also within your uh, organization. So um, you can make the your you can give your feedback until December 17th, so in the next weeks. Uh, so. Uh, have a quick look. It's just four pages, four or five pages to read. So it's not too much. So if you are really involved on in that, um, you can get that really quickly. And if you have any comments, so provide your feedback. I will also place the, the, the link for the show notes. Okay, Germany. So Germany uh, in uh, so B Farm is trying to help us uh, to know exactly who can help you uh, to uh, answer your question. So they have created a page for contact persons for medical devices where there is all the contact person and emails and, and uh, maybe phone numbers also of people that can help you to answer some of your questions. So the different topics are uh, classification of medical devices, risk assessment for non-active medical devices, risk assessment for active medical devices, risk assessment for in vitro uh, di diagnostic uh, IVD devices, uh, clinical trials, performance evaluation of active medical devices and or in vitro diagnostic, DMIDS, so it's the platform that they are using for German medical devices information and database system, uh, the DMIDS, the technical help desk, flat fees and prices, and other, also there is a section for other inquiries regarding medical devices. So uh, so if you have some question, then there is this page that you can go and you have all the people that can help you. So I suppose it can be helpful in case you have really some, uh, some really uh, interesting question, I mean, some, some difficult question to answer. So instead of just sending a, a drop an email to uh, just be farm. So here you have really the right people to contact. So Ireland issued an, um, uh, a survey on in-house devices. So you know that uh, with IVDR, uh, we have also a section related to in-house devices. And we talked about that recently uh, in the LinkedIn Live with uh, Stefan Bolleniger and Eric Vorbrecht. So they are issuing here um, uh, a survey so that they can, they are looking for your um, inputs related to in-house devices. So many of these uh, products uh, that are manufactured by healthcare facilities or some laboratories. 
but they are not manufacturers. They are just doing that because they are laboratory and they are making their own um, assays, their own uh, their own methods, if I can say, for uh, investigation, for evaluation of uh, some disease or for uh, evaluation or for making some diagnosis. Uh, then uh, there are some specific rules now with under EUMDR. You can go and look at again at the LinkedIn Live. And one um, one of the things is that the HP, uh, the HPRA is mainly asking uh, you about this if maybe there is some of the feedback that you can provide to them so that they can really help you on this one. So these in-house uh, devices uh, are really something important for healthcare facilities and laboratories. Uh, this is something where they have really to move forward quickly on it because they have now to inform their competent authorities of uh, the products that they are doing, so all the techniques, all the methodology that they are doing. So we suppose that there can be maybe 30, uh, 40 uh, methodology that they are using for uh, for the di diagnostic. Then they have to inform the competent authorities and they have also to check that this, um, the kind of methodology that they are using for their diagnostics is not already available on the market, which means that if it is available on the market, those laboratories or those health healthcare facilities, they have to use the ones that are available on the market and they don't have to make their own mixing and all own things to, uh, together. So this is many of the things that is happening there. So don't hesitate, go to this LinkedIn Live and you'll see all the questions that were asked to us. Ireland is also issuing um, uh, uh, an update related to the, the purchase or the creation or the demand of their uh, free cell certificates. Uh, so uh, there is um, this page that is created where there is the guide on how to get the free cell certificate from uh, from there. Who is eligible for that? What are the processes to get that? So uh, this is also something that maybe uh, you need. So go there and just try to get uh, to get that. Annex 16. So you remember that uh, we have talked a lot about Annex 16. So Annex 16 is many of the products that have no medical purpose. Uh, and we are now expecting uh, to, we are waiting, if I can say, to have the common specification so that we can now uh, place those devices inside the kind of medical device regulation. Uh, as soon as those common specifications are published, then there is six months to wait, and then you will have to have your products also on the market. We discussed about that recently also with um, uh, Dr. Roy von Hanso from Chief Sud, where we discussed about um, the application of those products to the notified bodies. Uh, so if you want to go uh, to this episode also to look at that. So uh, here we have the Finland FIMEA, uh, who uh, issued just a page explaining that uh, by autumn, uh, 2022, they will have to um, make a review of all those products. Why? Because mainly uh, the implementing um, implementing rolling plan that was issued by the EU Commission says that the common specification uh, for uh, the Annex 16 will be published uh, by Q1 2022, which means worst case March 2022, uh, which means that six months after, which would be September, so autumn, uh, for 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 that, uh, the, the, the the all the manufacturers that that are under those um, Annex 16 will have then to have their products under CE marking under medical devices. So this is something that can be really challenging for manufacturers, but also maybe for competent authorities and for notified bodies. So um, to be on the safe side try to be compliant from now to, to this, contact your notified body now and try to have a discussion with them already. I think it will be the best, best thing you can do. 
Okay, we have the Christmas break. So we are in December, so we have the Christmas break. And some uh, competent authority are alerting and saying that uh, be careful. If you send, send anything from this date to this date, there will be no action done from us uh, until we are back. So the first one is the MHRA. So uh, the Christmas break from the MHRA will start from December 17th of 2021 and will uh, end on January 10th. 2022. So it means that if you are submitting anything before uh, December 17th, it will be following the normal process. If it's after December 17th, then you'll have to wait January 20, uh, January 10th, 2022, so that the process starts for the review and maybe the implementation of the of the of the of the process. Same for Belgium. So Belgium also is mentioning uh, that for medical devices that you have to submit uh, your, for example, clinical uh, clinical investigation uh, demand or notification before uh, the 21st of December 2021 and the restart will be again January 10th, 2022. So uh, be careful of those Christmas breaks because if you have something urgent, uh, you know that maybe the, the, the competent authorities will not be available. So here we talk about MHRA and Belgium, but, but we suppose that a lot of others will have the same uh, the same situation so be careful of that okay let's go to switzerland so in switzerland today so we have now um the rule is that the MRS or Mutual Recognition Agreement is still not signed with Europe. So Switzerland developed their own regulation, their own system. So for example, in Europe, we have the SRN, so um, for the registration of uh, manufacturers, importers, distributors, authorized representative. In Switzerland, they created the CHRN. I mean, they created that since a long time, but now we have uh, an official, if I can say, database. So we have a, an official place where all the manufacturers like the Udamed, but it's not on the on the same format as Udamed, where all the manufacturers, where all the importers, distributors, um, not distributors, uh, all the authorized representatives are mentioned there with their CHRN. So you can see that there is a full list. So if you want to check, uh, for example, that Easy Medical Device is on this list, so you can go on the show notes, there is this list and you'll see Easy Medical Device listed as a, a Swiss uh, authorized representative. So if you need a Swiss authorized representative, don't hesitate. Uh, you can uh, you can uh, appoint us, and uh, we'll really help you for placing your device uh, in Switzerland until the MRA is signed. As soon as the MRA is signed, you will not need any more uh, uh, Swiss authorized representative. Uh, so, but until then, yeah, you you need to appoint one uh, if you are uh, within this uh, this transition period. Another thing from uh, Switzerland. So Switzerland is warning their healthcare facilities or healthcare professionals that or the procurement of the maybe the hospitals that they have to make their uh, due diligence. They have to check that the uh, suppliers or the manufacturers or the, the, the products that they are purchasing is compliant to the regulation. So they ask them, they tell them that it is their responsibility to do that. Meaning that when you are, when they are doing some procurement, they will ask you maybe now some questions about the certificates, the declaration of conformity, all those elements that maybe they didn't ask. I suppose they were asking that to you uh, before, but now if I can say they are warning, the Swiss medic is warning them to say, you have to do this due diligence and you have to keep those documentation available. You have to store them and to make them available. So I will also place on the show notes, uh, the note uh, related to that from Swiss medic. Okay, so a news from the uh, MHRA from the UK. So we have, um, something that is happening there. So we have now a review that is launched uh, into the healthcare impact of potential bias 
in the medical devices. So when I read that, I said, what does it mean exactly? So I read the article and uh, we'll also place that on the show notes. And mainly it says that um, there are some um, issues that are sometimes happening with some devices because of the ethnicity of the people. Uh, for example, they are making the example of oximeters where um, the oximeters are inaccurately providing a wrong information when the people have a dark skin. Uh, so mainly this is an issue where it shows that the oxygen is really high uh, within uh, the population of dark, dark, dark skin because maybe they have not calibrated well their oximeter for this kind of uh, impact. So mainly there will be an independent review that will be issued uh, related to that to verify, for example, oximeters, but also a lot of products uh, related to that and to check that there is no kind of bias or there is no kind of um, inequality uh, regarding the ethnicity of the people that uh, the manufacturers have really made the test on all types of skins, all types of ethnicity, and they are not just making tests on the larger population uh, for, for, for their products. So it's something that is uh, done by the MHRA and the plan to have the final review or the first outcomes for, from this review on uh, end of January 2022. So uh, this is mainly something that I'm waiting for just to see what is uh, the result. And um, also in, what will be interesting is to see, yes, if um, there are some manufacturers that maybe not, maybe not on purpose, but forgot that uh, their product is used with a certain ethnicity and maybe their result will be not the same. So if you are this kind of manufacturer, be careful have this on your tests to verify that the different population are uh, are within your 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 test and that uh, you can really prove that the accuracy of your device is done for a white person or a darker skin person okay let's go now to the usa so uh, in the U.S., we have two webinars that will be issued. The first one will be for the final rules for medical device de novo classification process. So many they have created, uh, they have updated their uh, their way for the de novo process. They are explaining exactly how it's done. So it will be uh, December 14th, 2021. So you still have time now to register. It's already on my calendar, so I will try to attend this one. Uh, so the, the point will be the description of the background on history of the de novo program. So de novo, uh, remind you, it's mainly when you are placing for the first time a type of products that end on, on the market and that can be used then as a predicate for other products. So it's when there is no other product that is the same type as yours and which is not also a class three. Uh, we talked about that uh, once with uh, Michel Lott on a podcast. I will try to find it and maybe put it on, on the show notes if I find it. Uh, so we have the description of uh, also the de novo regulation and the changes to the de novo review process. A description of what uh, update um, uh, of the documents that are covering this uh, this point and identify the content of the uh, updated to the de novo refuse to accept checklist and what is required to acceptance of the de novo request. So mainly this is the agenda and I placed on the show notes just the link. So you go there, there is a add to calendar, you click on it and you add it to your calendar and then you'll have the right time time uh, for you because it's in the US. Then the second one is about the draft guidance of the 510k device uh, software function for SAMD. So mainly uh, when you are uh, submitting a 510k for uh, SAMD software as a medical device, then here there is a dra draft guidance on how to do that, what are the documents needed, etc. So it's the same. There is also um, the, uh, the, on the show notes, there will be also the link for, um, for the webinar. It will be the December 16th at, um, at, uh, in the US. 
And I also place the draft guidance so that you can read it maybe also before uh, the webinar. So if you are a software company and you want to go to the US, I think this one is really an interesting one for you because it will provide you exactly the information that they need so that they can assess your products under 510K. Then the, the other one for 510K is the voluntary E-Star, E-Star, E-S-T-A-R uh, program. Uh, which is mainly uh, something interesting. So I tested it, um, uh, so I put that also on the show notes. Um, there is a specific uh, interactive PDF document that is helping you to guide you to submit your 510K. Uh, so for now, it's an, for 510K, and in January, they will open it also for the de novo. Uh, so it's interesting because I went through it and I tested that with one of my customers. And yeah, each time you click on something, it opens a new a box or, or new things, and you can attach some document, you can do things, so it's really interesting. And then you can print the cover letter and then you put everything in a USB stick and you send that to the FDA and then they can review uh, everything. So it helps because it provides uh, guidance. If there is something missing, then you know that already instead of you trying to build your 510K and sending the, the file, but maybe you have missed something. So here they are really verifying that everything is, is done. There is an auto verification. I don't know what it is because I didn't test that. But there is some uh, some verification that are done automatically within the, the E-Star program. So uh, I think it's something interesting. If you are in the process to uh, submit a 510K now, uh, maybe just go through that, check it and verify it. It's um, There is two, um, two files, one for non-in vitro diagnostic and one for in vitro diagnostic. So you can uh, test uh, one or the other if you want. And the last one for uh, outside of uh, Europe, so many Saudi Arabia, uh, they are issuing now a guideline for borderline products. So borderline between drug and uh, drug and food, drug and cosmetics, and also medical devices and other uh, other uh, regulations. So it's nearly the same as the manual for borderlines uh, in medical devices. So here you have a list of products or a list of elements that can be maybe considered as medical device or not. What is interesting mainly here is that they, ha they have placed some kind of uh, decision tree. So you go from top to down, and then it tells you, yes, it's a medical device or not, or yes, it's a drug or not, or yes, it's a cosmetic or not, etc., etc. So it's something that can be interesting for you. If you're going to Saudi Arabia, this is something that can really help you to just assess things. And it says also, if they don't know, it says contact your um, Saudi Arabia uh, contacts uh, or uh, FDA, SFDA contacts so that you can maybe uh, send them the information so that they can make the assessment for you. But here it's to help you to make the assessment without them if you can. Okay, notified bodies now. So uh, this month we are, we have a winner, if I can say. We have a notified body that uh, is accredited now for EUMDR, which is SGS Belgium. So SGS Belgium uh, is now the 25th notified body under EUMDR. And uh, they have uh, they have uh, wrote an article on their on their website just to announce that also. And uh, here is the message from uh, SGS uh, SGS Belgium. We are delighted to have been appointed as a designated notified body under the European MDR and look forward to working with both existing and new clients to implement this demanding new regulation. With our existing approvals under the UKCA scheme, SGS is one of the few companies that can provide certification services for medical devices across the whole of Europe. Okay, so congratulations SGS Belgium. Uh, I hope yeah, you will get uh, a lot of uh, uh, success and uh, with your customers and new customers, as you said on this message. So um, we have, as I've said, 25 notified bodies under MDR. 
and we still have six notified bodies under IVDR. And as I, I remind you, so IVDR will be starting by the 26th of May 2021. There is still this proposal that will maybe help to uh, delay some products, some classification, like class uh, B, C, and D. Class A is uh, mainly the 26th of May 2021. And then we have some uh, classification that can be maybe uh, coming later. But this is a proposal, so we still have no confirmation. We maybe are 90% sure it will pass, but there is still some question because we never know. So, um, you know, so we have six notified bodies under IVDR, so it's still not a lot. If you are under IVDR, as we said always, try to move now to uh, this new regulation. If you are, for example, IVDR class A, you have now only seven months, eight months, seven months now uh, to be uh, within the, um, within the IVDR regulation. So don't miss the deadline here. Okay, so what happened at Easy Medical Device? So on the podcast, we had uh, the podcast episode 153. Uh, so we had a podcast with uh, Leslie Worthington, uh, where we discussed about how to improve your QA, ARA communication. So I mean, it was a really interesting episode because it helps you to understand that people have different ways to communicate and that if you are starting to discuss quality and regulatory affairs within with quality and regulatory affairs vocabulary. Maybe others don't understand your vocabulary. It's like speaking another language. So the idea here is just to explain to you how maybe you can improve your communication within your team, within your company uh, regarding QARA. So don't hesitate to go there if you need some, some of this uh, improvement for, for your team. Then we had episode 154. Uh, where we discussed with Eric Volbrecht about private labeling or OBL, OEM, so own brand labeling, original equipment manufacturers. Uh, so I think it's also an interesting episode because recently we have a lot of people that contacted us so that we can help them to uh, move uh, to the EU market while they were uh, own brand labeler. And um, yeah, it's really difficult because they have no um, understanding of quality management system, no understanding of regulation. On brand labeler, usually they are only here as um, as a seller, so they are buying products and selling that. Here now they need really some you know, knowledge about quality and, and regulatory affairs, which is something difficult. But uh, listen to the episode with Eric Volbrecht. He explains everything, what is really needed, what are the difficulties, what are also the options uh, that you can continue your business while you are still following the EUMDR. Then episode 155, where uh, we discussed with uh, Dr. Royth Van Han, the, so the uh, manager of the healthcare division for Tuf Sud. Uh, so it was really an interesting discussion because, yeah, I mean, uh, having the boss of Tuf Sud that is coming and, and telling us uh, everything about uh, how to approach a notified body, how to discuss with them. Also the prices we discussed about, how much cost a notified body, etc. So uh, this is, was really a great discussion and I, I thank him really a lot because uh, Tufsud was uh, really a cooperative to answer my question without any problem. So it was really a great, a great one. So thank you for that. So episode 156, uh, we discussed with Frank Matzek from Biotronic about the MDR classification. So you know that the transition between MDD and MDR uh, there, uh, on this transition, there was some uh, some changes, even the addition of new class like class one air. And here we discussed about uh, the change of some classification for some products uh, because there are maybe some some issues here. For example, we are talking about active implantable medical device AIMDD, which were coming from the, the 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 directive, and now they are under rule eight uh, class three uh, for uh, for that, and they include also all the accessories as also class three, uh, where uh, it's maybe 
some kind of issues like a cable will become class three header, which is maybe something that is uh, that is uh, can be a problem. We talked also about uh, active, uh, not active, uh, medical medicinal substance. I mean, some substances that can be considered medicinal because they contain a, a small portion of medicinal substance. Those products are becoming class three when before it was not, etc. So there are some some big changes that are happening, and uh, we discussed about that with Frank. So uh, there was a lot of surprises. So we try to to explain that to you. So I think it can be really an interesting episode if you are on this situation. Okay, now let's go through the LinkedIn Live. So we have made two, two LinkedIn Lives uh, this month. The first one was about um, uh, cybersecurity with uh, Stefan Boleininger. So we discussed about how you have how you have to uh, work on your cybersecurity documentation, specifically for UMDR, how you can provide all the information, necessary information, so that you can pass any cybersecurity issues, uh, etc. So, uh, Stefan provided a lot of examples. He has also a presentation. So, uh, if you go on the YouTube channel, so on the show notes, there is the link for the YouTube channel. There is also the link for uh, downloading the presentation if you are interested. And the last one, uh, the last uh, LinkedIn Live was about in-house devices. So we talked about that just before. Uh, so we were with Stefan Bolaninger and with Eric Volbrecht, where we answered questions from people about in-house devices. So as I've told you, in-house devices are devices that are manufactured by laboratories or by healthcare facilities, but not in an industrial way. And now there is a lot of new regulation about that. So if you are on this uh, situation on within these products, then uh, you can go to this, um, this LinkedIn Live replay and that you can get all the information there also. So um, yeah, I think it was, uh, it's interesting. And if you have other topics that would be maybe interesting for LinkedIn Live where you can maybe ask also your question. Don't hesitate. If I get a lot of same topics, I will try to build one episode specifically for you so that you can get that. Okay, it was a pleasure for me uh, to um, make this uh, this uh, episode. It's the last uh, monthly episode for uh, for this year. So uh, I wish you uh, nice holidays. I wish you a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. If I don't talk to you until end of the year, and I hope the year 2022 will be great for you and all my best wishes for for 2022. So we'll talk again in 2022, uh, and I hope yeah we'll have some news for you. Maybe there will be a lot of. <laughs> a lot of information so i hope yeah will will help you a lot in terms of uh, understanding the regulation and uh, what is happening if you have some uh, some as i said some questions don't hesitate uh, contact me at info at easymedicaldevice.com info at easymedicaldevice.com okay it was a pleasure for me and i wish you a nice day thanks for listening so if you like this episode please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it and also don't forget to share it with your colleagues thank you very much 